Welcome to the milk bar. 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 Welcome along to episode 564 of the milk bar. Jason Forrest here with you. And coming up on the show, we have eight guests for you this week, which means I have a list. So we've got uh, Jack Cattell. He's got music. Also, we'll be having a chat about his recent work and a forthcoming gig a little bit later on this year. Vicky Wright joins us. It's the anniversary of the 100th cap of her father, Billy Wright, chatting about all around there and of course about her mom Joy Beverly as well. Uh, we will also be joined by Max Ford. He performs in the group The Jersey so we'll be finding out about what they've been up to in the run-up to lockdown and what is planned for later on in the year. Neil Curtis joins us to talk about his art. We'll be having a chat with Susan Murray. She is a comedian as is Aaron Twitchin. Catching with both of those. Um, uh, Susan will be talking about all things that's going on in her world and Aaron pretty much the same and he's got meerkats to keep him entertained as well. We'll be finding out about that one. Uh, we'll be talking yoga with Ariane Leveille. Uh, he is joining us from Australia. And we'll be hearing from makeup artist to be, uh, Otero Echeviera, as well about his work. That's all coming up on the Milk Bar this week. But first of all, Season 3 and Season 1 through 3 box sets of The Windsors are now available for you to get your hands on in your own home, both on digital and on DVD. And this is the series that predicted the uh, that's a, almost a loping of uh, Harry and Meghan <laughs> off out of the royal family. Uh, to tell us more, I'm joined now by the creators of the series, George Jeffrey and Bert Tyler Moore. Hello. Hello, hello. Not bad at all. Oh, good. That's I'm glad all is ticking over well. And we've got you in two separate locations, uh, very much like some bits of the royal family now. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Harry and Meghan have taken uh, social distancing to the uh, nth degree. Absolutely. Yeah. (laughs) uh, Prince Andrew has been self-isolating ever since he did that interview with Emily Maitlis. It's probably best we don't go there for definite. However, you guys doing your satire, you can go all sorts of places we would not necessarily expect you to. And I think when the the, you know, the first mooted the fact the uh, the Windsors was going to appear on our screens, there was a little bit of concern that you were going to poke fun at the royals in an, an, an unfriendly way. But to be fair, I don't think anyone could ask for a, a friendlier comedy series, but that still plays on the uh, the roles that these people have in society. Yeah, it's the intention. It, it sort of it, it treads a line between taking the Mickey out of them, but not not so harshly that you don't want to spend half an hour in their company. Yeah, I mean that 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 is the idea, really. I mean, we're we're having a go at the royal family and the institution, but you've got to be able to like the characters at the same time. Otherwise, it's uh, it's all a bit miserable. So uh, hopefully. Uh, Hopefully they're fun and like Beatrice and Eugenie are jolly and uh, Charles is a lovable idiot. And so, uh, you know, you can you can laugh at them and like them at the same time. That was really what we're after. Yeah. See, I hadn't expected to like the show before I watched it. Oh. And I absolutely adore it. I mean, the way in which it's played, I mean, uh, everything down to the, the way in which your Fergie carries on. <laughs> you know, it, it is uh, an amazing setup and, and just so funny throughout. I absolutely adore the series. Oh, thank, oh, thank you. you so much. I mean, wh- where did you go to, though, for, for, for your bits of inspiration? Because there's got to be some rootings of truth in some of, of this. And uh, yeah, had you got you know, the feelers out? Was the, the Windsor Telegraph twitching when it came to the Harry and Meghan story, which you so easily managed <laughs> yeah. to predict in yeah. season three? Uh, yeah, no, we, we spent a lot of time looking at the mail online and uh, 
various gossip on the internet and um, <laughs> trying to sort the wheat from the chaff and uh, and um, taking inspiration for that. I mean, there was a lot of talk of Harry and Meghan jumping ship before they did jump ship. So we just went with it and uh, imagined what would happen if they did. Uh, and and you know, luckily for us, they did. Even though you know, we we our, ours is a totally different world, so it wouldn't have mattered really if they had stayed. But uh, in retrospect, they were always going to jump. Uh, sorry, that wasn't very funny. <laughs> with, with the talks of gypsy curses and all sorts of other things, which I don't actually think happen in the, the real royal family. But the, the, the fun you have along the way, how, how do the ideas work? I mean, Bert, what, what's your role in all of this? How does it work for you? Well, it, it's, it's me and George share the same role. We just we, we just sit together in a room and, and try and think up some funny stuff, really. But um, <laughs> it, it, it comes from, from, like George was saying, from lots of research. And as you were saying, always wanting to have a little kernel of truth in, even though we, get, we can go to like very wild and silly areas, it, it usually spins off some little bit of truth. Um, for example, in this series... There's an episode where Charles is defending all the faiths, which is something he said he wants to do, you know, rather than defender of the faith. And so that leads to him having to conduct a black mass because, you know, the Satanists are a faith. <laughs> and uh, and then he conjures up the devil. And so <laughs> and then you're off and running on on that particular story. I haven't seen season three yet. I'm looking forward to it. So I'm, I'm going to be getting myself the box set to to enjoy all of this. So, I mean, not too many spoilers, but it, it, it is j- just such fun. What is it like working with the, your actors? Because obviously Prince Harry has uh, changed face slightly uh, since season two. Uh, but uh, this this doesn't take away, because being actors, they just play the same part, don't they? Yes, uh, yes. Uh, yeah. yeah, we lost um, Richard uh, to... Uh, to the crown, actually, um, but uh, <laughs> uh, Tom, who came in, is uh, is equally good uh, in in the in the role of Harry. But the, that cast is uh, is fantastic. We've got Harry Enfield and uh, Hayden Gwynn and Hugh Skinner, all these fabulous, fabulous actors, and uh, they're all great. Uh, and we're we're very very lucky with them. Um, they're all hilarious. So we're we're, we're we've been uh, very very lucky indeed. And when you've worked on on stuff before, I mean, I, I know that uh, yeah, there's, there's a number of series that people will just have grown up with the staples. But I mean, what aside of this, you've got to be absolutely massively proud of this. But uh, what is your favourite piece of work that you've worked on aside of this? Because it's got to be your current favourite. Uh, well, yeah, um, probably Pete versus Life uh, was uh, my uh, favourite thing we've done before this, um, which was. Uh, very, uh, I think, very funny uh, show about um, Rafe Spall being a sports writer who uh, uh, has these commentators in his head as he uh, scampers about from sort of one <laughs> crisis to another trying to get a job and a girlfriend. And it was, uh, that was very funny, I thought. Um, but, uh, yeah, so that would be my favourite. And you've worked on so much other stuff, like the Armstrong and Miller show, Full Britannia, the Kumars, Tracy Orman show, that and the rest. So, Bert, what are you going to select? I, I would pick out uh, Armstrong and Miller because... They, we had our first sort of big break writing for them. This was back uh, when they were on Channel 4 in the sort of late 90s. Um, and they were just so sort of inventive and willing to go anywhere with a sketch idea. Uh, and we had a great time writing with them and also Mitchell and Webb before they became <laughs> Mitchell and Webb, before they were kind of famous names they were writers and uh, we'd sit in a room with them and Armstrong and Miller pitch ideas and it was just, just very inventive and, and uh, I think we were both very excited as well because you know it was our first break we really wanted to, to 
to make it happen and, it, and what a great environment to do that in. So, I mean, the, the story is ongoing. We never know quite what's going to happen in real life, let alone in the crazy world that you two guys create for the Windsors. Uh, but uh, is season four being commissioned? Uh, I mean, are we going to keep an extra slot on the shelf next to seasons one through three box sets? Well, that's that's we're, commissioned, yeah. No, that, that's kind of how it works. We're just waiting to see... Uh, because uh, this virus thing happened and uh, yeah. we were slightly distracted by that. Uh, <laughs> so uh, we'll kind of wait, we'll wait and see until the dust has settled. Okay. And uh, before you go, each of you, uh, I mean, a favourite moment from series one through three. So people can buy this whole lot, they can binge watch, get it on digital or uh, via uh, you know, the delivery of an actual DVD through your door. You know, which which bits should you be watching out for in, in uh, your guys' opinions? Uh, well, I think one of my favourite storylines from the current series, series three, is the one where Princess Anne is sort of seduced by David Beckham, who's <laughs> after a knighthood and trying to, you know, use Princess Anne's influence on the other members of the royal family to, to, to get a knighthood. And he's sort of trying to charm her and she's all very giddy and girly and out of character. And I, I think the, the actors were great in that. And I, I thought it was just quite a, quite a nice romantic storyline. And George? And like Togo's series one, there was a, a story where Wills is all uh, unsure about being king and uh, starts a referendum to see if we should have a monarchy or not. And he gets on the wrong side of Charles and they're arguing. And uh, I remember uh, uh, Charles really insisting he had a role and uh, uh, Wills saying, yeah, you don't even have a job. And he get Charles saying, well, somebody's paying me 19 million quid a year to do something. Uh, <laughs> I always uh, like that storyline. <laughs> so, uh, I'll go with that one. Um, but there's much to enjoy, enjoy across all three series. I would certainly agree with you. As far as that, I haven't seen season three yet, as I say. I am very much looking forward to it. The whole lot available now. Digital download and on DVD. Get your hands on a copy of the box set of The Windsors. Indulge yourself and have a little bit of escapism from the real world, even though there's some hints of reality in there too. Uh, I was going to say thank you to uh, George, Jeffrey, and Bert Tyler Moore for joining us and uh, for all the work you've put into The Windsors so far and, and long may your reign continue. <laughs> Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. It seems like all they want to do is see you fail. Stick to your guns, cause in the end you will prevail. Maybe then they will all want to know your name. Talk about how they knew you before you hit the fame. You like you're worth nothing at all The first to jump on your case If ever you should fall You'll be the one laughing If you finally break through Cause then they'll spin their lives And say they always had faith in you Like a beer bitch But won't you just keep trucking on Just don't stop Even if you feel that chance is gone You lost the battle But the war can still be won But if you don't make 
sang, you may not have it all. You can still make a living, and that's all I'm in this for. Like a big bitch, but won't you just keep trucking on? Just don't stop, even if you feel that chance is gone. You lost the battle, but the war can still be won. So just keep trucking on. Just keep trucking on. Though the road will twist and turn Lessons will be learned Though the road will twist and turn You all crash and burn You all crash and burn Like a beer bitch for won't you just keep trucking on Even if you feel that chance is gone You lost the battle but the war can still be won So just keep trucking on Like a beer bitch but won't you just keep trucking on Just don't stop even if you feel that chance is gone You lost the battle but the war can still be won So just keep trucking on Truck it on Just keep trucking on Singer-songwriter Jack Attell has been doing some amazing work over the last two years and uh, it's been great to feature him on the show regularly. We have him here now for a bit of a chat from lockdown. Hello, sir. Hello, how are you doing? I'm good. Are you keeping out of trouble? Uh, yeah, I mean, there's not much trouble to get into at the moment, is there? Yeah, a bit limited on the gig front as well, but you are still performing yeah. online and you've got some stuff lined up for later in the year, I think, when this has all hopefully calmed down. We have, yeah. Um, we've announced a new gig this week, which hopefully will be out of lockdown and quarantine by then for, for July the 18th at Dead Wax in Digbeth. Mm -hmm. um, so it's good to be going back there. We we did a show in February there uh, with the band, which was really good. We got a good crowd in, um, so that was good. But well, yeah, at the moment it's just live streaming and, and trying to follow suit with, with every musician that's going about at the moment and trying to make the best of a bad situation. Yeah, no, I think people are actually getting to hear an awful lot more live music than they ordinarily would do anyway. And they get to do it from the comfort of their own home. Uh, the, the drinks are cheap, we know that much. Uh, yeah. And they get to have nibbles too. And it's just a, a nice, chilled, relaxed way of doing these things. Yeah, you can't complain. I mean, people notoriously don't want to leave the house mm -hmm. and now that now that people are, are stuck inside we've kind of we've got a monopoly over the social media sites <laughs> live streaming people have got no excuse to say no now which mm -hmm. is uh, which is always good for us and, and just like normal you're doing it for the exposure yeah of course <laughs> i mean we do it for the enjoyment but the exposures now especially is brilliant i mean mm. i'm not sure about everyone else but my live stream numbers have certainly gone up um since since people have been stuck at home because they, they want to release and, and music is sort of that release and it gives them a, a chance to do something instead of just sitting watching the TV all the day. Mm -hmm. And uh, what else have you got uh, yeah, going on musically? Is there are some new stuff on the way? Uh, how does it all work for, uh, for you and what you're producing at the minute? Um, obviously it's tough, but luckily we, we uh, recorded two singles. So we recorded Love Me, um, which is already out now and people can go and stream that. 
think it's just hit 6,000 streams on Spotify, which is crazy. Um, and we recorded another single, which is called London Town, um, mm. when we recorded that. So we're really glad we did that now. Um, in hindsight, knowing what's going on, um, it's lucky that we that we did that. So th that there, I mean, we have we had a full album from you recently? The last album was two years ago. I, I, I was going to say, yeah, I'm, I'm sure we had a chat back then. So uh, yeah, but there's, there's been plenty of singles and stuff along the way in the meantime, and uh, yeah. Yeah, th this continuous output, uh, I think, nice and healthy, and, and keeping the, the music there. And how do you think it's developed over the last few months and years? Um, it's just going up and up. I mean, we're getting we're getting more traction from people. Like people seem to be taking notice now. And with the addition of um, Josh and Ali on bass and drums, I mean, they've just brought a whole new sound to to my stuff, which is exactly what I wanted when I was getting a band in. Mm -hmm. And um, they've got different ideas as well, which always helps. I mean, the recording of Love Me, people have been saying how different it sounds, but how much better it sounds for it as well. Um, and I think that's having three people's ideas instead of just myself. Mm. But it you is know, your music at the core though, and still got the Jacatel branding yeah. on it. Uh, so, I mean, what, what happens next then? You've got two singles. Are you now guys sort of you know, uh, sitting on Zoom meetings, uh, writing music together? Like you say, it's still centered around my sort of songwriting. Um, I write the basics of the song and then I'll, I'll give it to Josh and Ali to do what they want with bass parts and drum parts. I mean, I know nothing about drums. I know a bit about bass, but mm -hmm. Ali blows me out of the water on that one. She's a really, really fantastic bass player. Yeah. Um, I'm lucky to have her. I'm lucky to have Josh as well. So, yeah, I'll, I'll write a basic a basic song, so the chords and, and the lyrics, and then I'll send it off to them, and they'll put their uh, their stamp on it as well, and, mm -hmm. and we just sort of mash the ideas together and get it out in a rehearsal room. Uh, run over it a few times and then usually it's good to go. From there, as you say, gigs on the way, there's uh, you know, working as a trio and uh, it, will there be uh, a change of name or is it just going to be Jack Cattell and band? For now it's probably just going to be Jack Cattell and, and band. I mean, we've got we've got so far with that, I think it would be, it'd be stupid to change it now while we're getting the attention that we are. We're getting, you know, a, a lot of bands know who we are now. Mm -hmm. um, Good for support slots. BBC introducing have obviously uh, played quite a few of our tracks now. So yeah. as as much as Josh and Ali are, are still equal to me in, in the band sense, it's still going to go under my name just for just for the marketing purpose that mm -hmm. it's already been out there for like, like that for three years. So I think it'd be daft to change it. And you've got a good logo, so you know why not it? Yeah, of course, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Does the job. Okie dokie, so uh, you have a guitar there. Are you prepared yeah. to sing a song for us and what are you going to play? Yeah, I mean, I can uh, play our current single, Love Me. Hopefully we'll get a few more streams on uh, Spotify. We're aiming for 10,000, so if people want to go and stream it, go over to Spotify and, uh, and check it out. I'll play a little acoustic version for you. <laughs> I saw you from across the room Dressed to impress You were dancing to your favourite tune You looked up at me So seductively I felt this weird sensation Taking over my body Did you feel it too? As the sparks They flew between me and you it was dangerous 
contagious. You got me trapped under your spell. Won't you set me free? Come on, love me. You make me feel alive. Well, come on, love me. I need us to survive, so come on, love me. Don't show me to the door. Come on, love me. Don't leave me wanting more. I can see it in your eyes. By the way, you look at me with your desire. Spontaneous. I can't help you cause. I wanna be the oxygen you're gonna need to fuel your fire. Come on, love me. You make me feel alive. Come on, love me. I need us to survive, so come on, love me. Don't show me to the door. Come on, love me. Don't leave me wanting more. Don't leave me wanting more. Well, everything I do, I do it all for you. And now I'm on my knees, begging, please take my hand. Don't want to be your man. I'll treat you like a queen. With everything I do, I do it all for you. And now I'm on my knees. Begging, please, take my hand, I wanna be your man. I'll treat you like a queen, well, come on, love me. You make me feel alive, well, come on, love me. I need us to survive, so come on, love me. Don't show me to the door, come on, love me. Don't leave me wanting more. Excellent stuff, Mr. Cattell. Thank you very much for that one. Give us all the details on where people can find you and your music. So, uh, Facebook, Jack Cattell Music. Instagram is uh, exactly the same. Twitter is Jay Cattell Music. And of course, you can find me on Spotify and stream Love Me. Do it. Stream the whole lot. Anything you can find on there, it's well worth a listen. I'll tell you that much. Uh, go back in time and get the, uh, the back catalogue as well. For now, Jack, yeah, thanks for having you. a chat. Yeah, thanks for having me, mate. Really appreciate it. I'm joined now by Vicky Wright, daughter of legend Billy Wright, and she is here to have a little bit of a natter, and she's got her dad in the, in the picture as well. How are you doing? Hello, Jason. I'm, well, doing okay in these weird and scary and, and sort of unknown times. Everyone's sort of in, a, in the same place, aren't they, which is lovely. Yeah. So I've got dad he's with me, which, um, which I, I need at this time. <laughs> um, so I'm, I'm just happy that um, I'm very, I feel lucky 
and I, I don't know um, about everybody else, but at the moment I'm here with my beautiful daughter, who's, who's um, Billy's granddaughter, and I'm just counting my blessings at the moment. It's, it's very scary though for everyone, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. And family, you're spending more time together than normal, but uh, uh, it is uh, you know, a, a good time to chat and, and reminisce. And I, I know with your family history, and the work that you did, uh, particularly with your talk at Molyneux last year, uh, there's, there's lots to look back on and lots of great things to talk about and some fantastic memorabilia around the home. I know. So ask away. I'm, I'm here. I'm ready to talk about him because it brings me great joy to talk about him, especially today, um, as the 11th of April was uh, um, probably a lot of your followers will know if they're avid um, football fans, that that's the day that Dad got his 100th cap for England. And um, so I've had loads of things on my on my Twitter feed uh, of how incredible that day was. And so I've got a little picture here. I don't know. I can't see the screen because my eyes are so bad. But if I put that, can you kind of see? We can. That's him on the day when he actually walked out. And I was, I, I can admit it because it's in the press, so everyone knows. But I'd only just been born. I think I was six days old. Um, and so that must have been an incredible week for Dad, wasn't it? But he had a new baby. Um, he was captain of the England, and they won as well against Scotland. So it must have been a really happy time for him. Yeah, I mean, I mean how, how do your memories work going back to this time? As you say, uh, 100th cap, you were literally uh, yeah, days old when that was received. So I mean, for a football playing career, you must have very limited uh, recollections. Well, to be honest, Jason, of his playing career, I have none. Mm -hmm. Because he retired, you know, that year. He retired in 1959 when I was a baby. So... Then the memories in playing are all recent ones that since I've done the talk and, and, and sort of researched his life, which started, if I can if I can say, I don't know how long we've got, but it was um, last year and my daughter Kelly, who was who was um, Dad's first grandchild and mm -hmm. it was the proudest day of his life when she arrived, um, on a personal level, um, but he, I thought for Kelly, what could I do for a birthday present for her? She's 25 and I thought, you know what I'll do? I'll do a small little tribute to Granddad because she didn't, you know, she doesn't remember him, um, and she, she knows he was a footballer. But I thought, no, I'll, I'll just show exactly kind of what he was. It wasn't just a footballer, in my opinion. So I, I, did a, I started to do a compilation of, of home movies and Cafe News clips as well and some pictures of him playing, checking mm. hands with the Queen, getting the FA Cup in 1949. And then he's marriage to my mom, you know, Joy. And, and it started to sort of take this incredible thing of like, oh, my God, this story... It, it's more than this. This is a bigger story. This has to be told yeah. because, and then from my point of view, because obviously growing up with this man who's so adored and loved and is a legend, and he was just my dad, really, and a brilliant one of those. But the the personal memories that we've got of him, and I felt I can share this, and and you know the pride that I still feel, and the, the lessons he taught me. Because honestly, Jason, when doing this research, I've not heard one bad thing about Dan. I hope this doesn't create somebody saying well this was what it was because he was he was my hero and he was a lot of people's heroes um, but he had tough times and he had his, his his you know times when he struggled and and I, I i think that's a wonderful thing to share because dad always led by example and he showed me and taught me which i hope i continue that all the goodness in the world you know and and sharing and and generosity and love and unconditional and, and love and no jealousy and giving and give your time, not lie, so many things that 
I now carry that flag. And he generally was one of the good, good people. Yeah, and, and a lot of this was in a, uh, a time before the sort of media attention. Yes, people like your dad were being followed um, with the stories uh, surrounding the, the you know, off on the wedding day and the, and the media coverage that went around uh, with that. But, uh, you know, it, it, it is you know, something which footballers are used to on a day-to-day -day basis now, but it was very different in your, your dad's day, and, and particularly having you know, both parents particularly famous, uh, it, there was you know, a lot of interest in, in every day. And I'm sure that's something that you experienced as a kid as well, as you were you know, the, the child of two major celebrities. Growing up in that in that environment, I know it's kind of bizarre when I when I think back to it. But as as we all know, you that's not that was normal. That was normal. That life for me was, was a normal life. And and I don't I can't really remember the only things I remember that made me think. Well, why are you why, why are you different to the other daddies and mummies? Was that um, on holidays? You know, this is when I took we were we were little. My sister and I were that were really young then and wanted to get out of the hotel in Italy to run down to the beach to have their dad play, build sandcastles and, and go on the lilos and, and dive in the swimming pool. And we had to wait, because in those days, of course, it wasn't a quick selfie. It was them getting their old cameras out and, and, <laughs> and winding on the thing and getting the focus right. It, it, dad would never say no to an autograph or a, or a chat or a picture. And we'd be there and, and we're sweltering in this knee. I got a sunstroke once, I remember, and my mum was really close with Dad. <laughs> I didn't have my hat on and we were waiting to go to the beach. So I do remember thinking, why is this always happening? <laughs> so those little memories I remember, but the, the enormity really of, of, of what he achieved didn't hit me until sadly he left. And, mm -hmm. and, the, and the outpouring of love and the tributes and the statue and the, and the bags of the letters that we received, Jace. I mean, it could have filled, you know, uh, well, my, my room three times over mm. here in my um, because, and letters that just said Billy Wright England from Russia and, 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 and Argentina, and just saying he was my hero. He was, uh, uh, we'd, read, we'd read every one and, and all these, I don't know if you can see this little teddy bear here, I can't see if I'm in the shot, but this is, we have literally hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of these little knitted dolls left outside the ground, which I've never been able to say thank you to everyone. So if any of you or your mums or dads were involved in his funeral day, thank you, because it was overwhelming, that love for him. Absolutely. And I um, see, so, you know, the, the, the love for your, your mum as well. I mean, being one of the Beverly sisters, uh, they had you know, huge success. And uh, it must be, you know, who, who would you choose to have your photo taken with? Would it be one of the Beverly's or you know, a footballing <laughs> legend? It's, it must have been a tricky one for all the fans out there. Yes, I know. I don't, I don't, it's a kind of a weird combination, but everyone sort of says it. they were the original Posh and Vets, weren't they? Mm -hmm. And I think they were, really. And, and if you want me to sort of just say the funny story, that in those ones, without if you can imagine, and I sh maybe some of your listeners will be from that era where, where there was no Hello magazine or, or this paparazzi stuff wasn't really happening. That was, you know, it was still obviously newsworthy. But Mum had been married before, and she kind of wanted to keep that quiet. She, she'd had an early marriage that she always said was a silly mistake, but it, 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 was, it, it led her to, to, to Billy, and, and he was the love of her life. But she had a little boy from that marriage, my brother Vince, who mm. writes for um, Gunflash, and he was a sports journalist, and brought them together. And on the day of the wedding, Mum wanted to keep it quiet because it was a registry office, and Dad was in, in heavy training for some event he was doing. I'm not sure if it was the World Cup. I'm not sure of that, that detail. 
And so it was trying, they were trying to keep it quiet. Dad was training very hard, and Mum was rehearsing to, to do a tour, I think, of, of, of the whole country with the best. And um, so they were trying to keep this, this wedding quiet. And because Mum was in Bournemouth, at the, the Winter Garden Theatre, um, they decided to marry in pool at this registry office. And they kept it completely quiet. Anyway, on the day, I'll, I'll, I'll sort of uh, cut it down a bit. On the day, Dad picked them up. The twins were in the back of, this, of the car in their matching outfits, as was Mum, on a wedding day. <laughs> it was a strange one. Day. And she's not here for me to ask, why did you do that? But they all were dressed the same, sitting in this little hill and links, and Dad was driving. They drove into the t towards Pool Town Centre and stopped at the, the entrance of the of the town because of this, this massive traffic jam. And they couldn't get through, and they were sitting there, and it was getting frustrating. Dad's looking at his watch, thinking, well, we're going we're gonna to miss our time if we're not careful. Got a little bit closer. Still, it was, it was gridlocked. Couldn't get through. So Dad wound his window down. I've got the picture that I, I do in my talk, that the actual moment, he rolls this window down and asks the policeman, excuse me, Nate, she said, I'm so sorry, he said, but, but what's going on in, in Pool Town Centre today? Because we, we've got an appointment, we've got to get to quite urgent. And, um, uh, you know, is, is it the Lord Mayor's show? <laughs> of course, the policeman just lent in, looked at the twins in the back and mum and him and said, it's your wedding day, Mr. Wright. <laughs> and so that was the reason. And the reason was that when you have to register that you're going to be getting married, the vicar who was going to be doing the service, the scene who was coming in on Saturday, told his friend who knew a friend who knew a friend who knew a friend. <laughs> and before we knew it, the whole of Paul's, and it's such a sweet, innocent story that, that they didn't even think, uh-oh, they, they, they found out, you know, it was just genuinely... Oh dear, we must have picked a day where there's something important. <laughs> you know, which is so adorable and innocent. Yeah, which is what he was. Yeah, and and then so yeah, it's a sweet story about. Uh, I mean, a model family, and I mean, we say we've got Posh and Bex now, who have they've got uh, you know, all the trappings and, and, and massive money that goes with it. It wasn't a day of money back then, was it? It was a celebrity. It was a nice living, but it wasn't the sort of cash that we see floating around these days. Oh, goodness me. No, I mean, Dad didn't make anything really from football, but he never, you know, he was that kind of person. He never felt bitter or. He said we did it for the love of the game. He was loyal and true. Again, all the qualities, you know, Jason, that, that he never played for another club. It was just always Wolverhampton. He was loyal and true. He had such great morals. But I think, I'm trying to remember now because it was September I did my talk, but I think in the 13 years that he played for Wolves and England, so captain though of Wolves mm. and England, his entire wages, the entire, the total money he made, 13 years was £15,000. Yep, yeah, somewhat different to today. They'd expect that in uh, in a couple of three days, wouldn't they? But there we go. Yeah, that's A different time for football, but I say, uh, you must be so proud of both mum and dad and the legacy that they both have. Beyond proud, Jason. And uh, as I say, that statue outside the ground. It takes my breath away, makes me cry every time I see it. And, and I still, you know, get people, from, when they go to the matches, they touch his boot for luck. And, and, and then the outpouring that I get, if ever I put a, a, a tweet up, like I have today, about the 100th cap today, instantly, it, it's, it's, it's hundreds of people, hundreds of people. And, and so many different stories, you know, or my, my granddad or my, my grandmother um, loved, loved your dad and was very jealous of your mum when they got married. <laughs> and she always had to come to them silly little things. Mean so much, mean so much, because he was such an influence on my life and such a big part of my life. 
and um, and now I don't know. Oh my goodness, what would you be? You'd be oh my god, cheering from the heavens as, as how well they're doing. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And Robbie Connor is leading, you know, leading the team, and and I've got so much respect for him, you know, and and long may it last. If please God, we all get back to to normal. Yeah, it'd be great to get everything back to normal. It'd be great to have you back in the city uh, talking more about your dad. I know there'll be an appetite for it, absolutely there. Uh, but equally, you know, everything else that you do as well. And uh, yeah, love to all the family. Hopefully they're keeping safe. And uh, we look forward to maybe catching up in real life sometime, either later this year or early next. Lovely. Great to talk to you, Jason. Lots of love, everyone. Keep safe. And thank you to the NHS and all those wonderful, brave people that are helping us all. Love you all. Bye. Arian Lavelle is yoga teacher, spiritualist and all-round nice guy. He has spent time living in Wolverhampton, although he's a little further afield now. And he joins me for a chat. Hello, sir. Hello there. How are we going? All good. So, so where in the world are you at the moment? I'm currently in Sydney. It's uh, nine o'clock at night. And uh, yeah, I live right near the beach in Sydney, which is lovely. You have lived all over the world. In fact, the last time we had a chat, you were briefly staying in Birmingham. You've lived in Wolverhampton. So give us a, a bit of that life journey. How come you've done all this traveling? Wow, it's uh, such a story. I was a circus performer, an aerialist. Mm -hmm. So I traveled the world doing aerial acrobatics. So um, actually, I lived in Tetnal, which was part of Wolverhampton. Yeah. And I used to teach aerial at um, a place called Wolf Mountain in 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 Wolverhampton. Yeah, I know the way. Uh huh. And uh, yeah, that was uh, a part of the uh, not too distant past. But I've said you you've done all sorts of things, and yoga is something that you've been sharing online during this time of lockdown. I have. Yeah, I've um I've got my YouTube channel, so I basically just do loads of yoga videos for people because I know a lot of people are in lockdown and are out of a job and um, it's a good way to keep fit and kind of spiritually connected as well and connecting with your breath, reduce anxiety and stress and all that kind of stuff which is a lot of at the moment. So I've just been doing that. Like I still teach yoga. Um, I do live streaming. So the, the studios I work for, I still teach but now because you can't do it um, in a group class anymore, it all has to be online. So we just have to go with it. You know, I, I can do like handstands and crazy stuff and, but you know, it's not about the fancy pose really, it's about how it makes you feel. Yeah, I take, I take people on the journey through the class. Mm. And, and but, I mean, yoga itself is something which uh, uh, it, it often uh, gets a bit of a bad press in some ways, yet purely by people who are jealous of other people who can get their leg behind their head, I'm going to guess. Yeah, it's not even, like the thing is a lot of people think it's about doing these fancy big poses right whether or not you can get your leg behind your head it doesn't really make you a nice person does it <laughs> so sometimes people are like doing this image of what yoga is and you know on instagram and everything there's all these fancy yoga poses but i think it's the quality of a person that matters more than the the, the thing you can do with your body and it's about the relaxation um it's about finding some time within yourself as well and as you said, we, we've maybe, uh, a lot of people have got a bit more time on their hands than they're yeah, ordinarily used to. So this actually gives them a chance to, to, to chill out, to relax, and to actually get some sort of suppleness back into their body. And it, it could be that they come out of this whole lockdown situation feeling much better people. 
Well, hopefully, you know, if you spend time and you invest that time in yourself, whether or not it's breathing exercises or helping clear the mind or clear the body of tension, you know, like it's all connected. If you can, if you can calm your breath and control your breath, you can also help reduce the stress and anxiety or just the tension that's trapped in your body. And I think there's a lot of stress going around. So if you can um, connect in with a practice, a physical practice, whether it's a meditation or yoga or whatever it is, anything that makes you move and move energy around, uh, I think it's going to help. Otherwise, you just get stuck in a rut, don't you? Mm-hmm. And, and what, what do you do in your life that, that helps with this as well? Because, uh, I mean, outdoor exercise, I assume, over there is limited as it is over here to make sure we're uh, in, doing our social distancing and protecting others from the coronavirus. So, uh, you know, what, what do you do uh, when you're out and about to, to help with that? And again, as part of your fitness regime. Well, today, for example, I went, uh, I went for a big walk along the coast mm-hmm. and I found a secluded spot where I just did yoga and I filmed a... Uh, I filmed another sequence to put on YouTube, so I'll do that soon. I'll do that in the next couple of days. Um, so I, I generally just go to the coast because I live right near the ocean. Mm-hmm. So I go to the coast and I just sit on a rock and I either breathe and just contemplate or I move and I, you know, I do lots of interesting yoga moves. And like for me, it's like you know, I can do handstands and I can do arm balances and all the crazy things, but it, it, it's it's not impressive at all. It's really just the feeling that it brings, which I'm more in, you know focused on. And obviously, in the Midlands here, we don't have a uh, coast. We have got uh, the opportunity to use garden spaces uh, around us and the home, and say so all of these can work and and can uh, make for a nice relaxed environment to practice some of these moves in. I know, and you've got summer coming, you lucky things. <laughs> like, we're just about to hit winter, you know, winter's going to come soon. So yeah. um, I've been in yeah. the winter in Australia, and it is better than most of our summers. Yeah, it's pretty lovely lately, actually. It's, it's nice. But we can't go to the beaches. They've closed all the beaches. Mm-hmm. So you have to walk around on the rocks, and you have to stay away from people here, and you know, they're not so, you know, they're pretty strict with it, but Australia is pretty relaxed with everything. But um, I think because there's so much space here as well between people, you know, we're not all on top of each other, like, for example, in New York or London. So, um, but yeah, the, the social distancing thing's still happening where we are in lockdown and you just got to keep moving, you got to keep breathing, you got to stay healthy. It's so easy just to get stuck in that rut and sit on the sofa and eat biscuits and drink wine and I definitely know how to do that as well (laughs) but um you've got to balance it out right so you've got to get outside if you can get in the sun get some fresh air get in the garden do whatever you can and of course your yoga videos are online you can get people can do this and and get a start on some moves but you can also be booked to do an online session as well halfway around the world that's it that's the, the the positive thing about this which I'm trying to find the positives in everything, right? Mm-hmm. So I usually teach in studios in like Bondi and around around the Sydney city area. Now I can have students anywhere in the world. So I've had people tuning into me from Spain, Sweden, from Italy, from India, from America, from the UK, from all over the place. Now people can tune in and we can have a live class session. Mm-hmm. So technology it's amazing you can connect with people from all over the world sure you don't have the physical contact and i suppose that's what this um 
this social distancing is all about right now. We can't have this physical contact with each other, but it's definitely important to stay contacted. You have to stay contacted with people through through the online medium or whatever it is that you can do. Call them, write them, whatever. You've got to stay contacted because you can't isolate yourself energetically and emotionally. Do you know what I mean? We mm -hmm. still need to stay connected to our communities, our friends, our family, whatever the community is. So the amazing thing about this is I can connect with students that I had in England when I lived there years ago. And from all over the place, people that have followed me doing what I do, now they can tune in and do it with me, which is amazing. And um, I just do it by donation as well because I know people are out of work. I know people are struggling. And if, if they've got something to donate, they can do it. I just want to keep this community alive and keep people moving. Absolutely. Uh, getting a good vibe, getting some uh, spiritual time and some relaxation. Yoga doing the business for you. How do we find you online? Well, from YouTube, you can just go to... Ari, search Ari Yoga on YouTube, so youtube.com slash Ari Yoga, uh, or Instagram is Yoga with Arian, A-R-I-A-N, and you can find me on Facebook and everything as well. Just look Arian Levani Elbert. Um, my website also, yogawitharian.com, is probably the easiest one yeah. to find because my surname is quite tricky to spell. There's not many people that have a name like mine, so that's good. So you'll probably be able to find me. But definitely just go to Ari Yoga on YouTube, and you'll see my website links on that. There's lots of breathing techniques on there. You don't even have to be able to do fancy poses. You could sit in a chair and just learn how to breathe. So there's, there's something on there for everyone. Um, yeah, and I'm going to make more. I've got people requesting me to do chair yoga kids yoga, all kinds of stuff. So people are definitely putting out their requests. I'm going to try to get to them as, as best as I can because some people, they can't even get out of a chair. They're in a wheelchair or whatever. or So you've just got to do what you can. Mm -hmm. So that's it. All you can to, to feel as good as you can and uh, say make the most of this time when we're, uh, we're spending time with our, our closest, nearest and dearest and uh, maybe uh, a family yoga session would actually do the business as well. That's it. It's all free. Just jump on YouTube and give it a go. No, Move and get moving and grooving. <laughs> Aaron, absolutely fantastic to have a chat with you. Thank you for joining us. We look forward to seeing you next time you are in Wolverhampton. Hopefully we'll have a catch up properly then. But for now, uh, keep doing your yoga and we'll speak soon. Thank you so much. Good to see you. Aaron Twitchen is a comedian, aerialist, and meerkat lover, it seems, judging by his Instagram feed. And he joins me now to tell me what's going on in his world. Hello. Hi, Jason. How are you coping? I'm, I'm keeping okay and out of trouble. How about you? I know that we're not meant to. I'm somewhat enjoying this. It's, oh. um, no, obviously, it's terrible. Um, lots of people are ill and lots of people are dying, like that whole side of it. But the actual moment of being trapped in your house, not being late. As a comedian, it's a lot of traveling around the country. I'm very grateful to know I'm always in the right place at the right time. This is, this is where we have to stay, stay at home. And uh, uh, I mean, one of the things that has been a feature of your Instagram of late, not only your crazy dancing and all the other stuff that you do to keep us amused, but also <laughs> the meerkats. To explain about the meerkats. Oh, the meerkats. They've become a monster of their own. <laughs> I almost regret it. My mum, it's my mum. They're not my meerkats, her mother's meerkats. We believe um, you. Okay, that's fine. 
<laughs> so I've um so just before the lockdown I came down to my parents in Devon. I'm a country boy. Um so I thought oh, I'll see it all through them and I can look after my parents and the neighbours and stuff. Um and my mum's house, I think it started when we all sort of grew up and left. Uh-huh. They are just full of meerkat memorabilia. <laughs> there are meerkats everywhere. And I thought on the first day I arrived, I just took a picture of a meerkat. And then I just took a picture every day. And we were, I've been here three and a half weeks. <laughs> and, and... There, I'm, I think I might be halfway through the meerkats. Okay, so there are no repeats so far. We've got several weeks more meerkats to come. How long? Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, have they all got names? Are they individuals? I, well, God, I hope not. They are, so there's lots of like, most of them are sort of decorative, sort of like statuey things. Mm-hmm. There are meerkats pictures on the wall um there's a meerkat video i so my i i think we're at fault i think it's one of those situations you know like when you you buy like one thing like you go oh i bought this little ballerina yeah and then someone goes oh you like ballerinas and then suddenly (laughs) you just get bought a ballerina for every birthday or christmas and then you don't have the heart to say no i don't know if it's that situation Mm. but me and my siblings have been trying to level up so each time it's like a birthday like my brother once bought her like a meerkat experience day where you could go and feed (laughs) the meerkats and then i was like oh how do i and at one point i do remember searching to buy an actual meerkat and i think it led me to the black market and i was like this is we've gone too far you don't, you, don't, you don't want to be there. No, that's it's, uh, you know, who knows the sort of your meerkat. And uh, it, it might be one that does try and turn up inside your car insurance. That wouldn't be good, would it, really? <laughs> I think that might be where they start. Well, apparently they're not very nice meerkats. Someone messaged me on Insta the other day and said they are the most murderous of mammals. <laughs> okay. They, they keep a lookout for each so, other, though. I don't know. It's, it's a strange one. Yeah. They look cute. With one eye open. Yeah. Eye ready. Yeah. Just avoid <laughs> meerkats at all costs. Okay. So, uh, have you got a meerkat there? Well, you know, just for this this moment, have you got something you can share? I think. Well, I, I could literally throw a banana in this house, and you'll hit a meerkat. Yeah. I've got this. I think is the original meerkat, Timon, <laughs> from The Lion King. Yeah. Um, he's quite special to me because I grew up in the countryside. Like there were no gay people growing up. Like the first gay people I saw were Timon and Pumbaa from The Lion King. Oh. Yeah, <laughs> movie going, isn't it? Lion King. They lived on Pride Rock. It was a clue. <laughs> right. So uh, what else is going on in your world then? Because you have been keeping people entertained. Um, and in fact, you, you, this, um, I, when you pop up on my timeline all the time uh, because you're producing so, so much content. And I think this is the most I've seen you wearing. <laughs> well, they're TV. Um, well, do you know what? I actually, um, that's funny you should say that because I suppose I do have a, a brand. Uh, sort of <laughs> Um, I remember I had a meeting with my agent at the beginning of the year or the tail end of last year. And he was like, look, Aaron, um, we really love like the style. We really love what you're going for. But I think we do need to, and don't be offended by this, but I do think at some point, and really don't be offended, because we love what you do, but maybe um, we could get some press images where you're dressed. <laughs> <laughs> They're not that bad, thank you. Mm-hmm. But, um, but this, is, this is all part of the fact that you work in circus skills as well. I mean, you're a fantastic aerialist. Uh, and uh, when you're doing that sort of stuff, it is mostly lycra and topless, isn't it? That's the way it tends to work. Yeah, it's a lot of, oh, a lot of lycra, yeah. A lot of um, clothes going up your butt. Um, <laughs> they, cut, they cut, my my friend does most of my costumes and she cuts a tight leotard. She cuts a low, <laughs> she cuts a low leotard. Yeah, but obviously it's a hard time 
the circus now, and mm-hmm. I think for a lot of performers, especially those in physical professions, because it's so difficult to get up in the air or, or get in equipment um, and do stuff. So you do have to find other ways to train. How are you coping with that? What are you doing then? That uh, yeah, The curtains in your mother's front room in an absolute state now. Uh, I'm absolutely not allowed near my mother's curtains. She would <laughs> lose her tiny mind. Um, it's lots of, so I work out in my bedroom. I've got, um, I've got like one kettlebell that I rented from a neighbor for 10 pound a week. <laughs> She's a sassy one. Um, <laughs> I use that. I've been trying to work on my handstands. So just before, I'm not very good on the floor. So just before um, Miss Rona came in and took over, I was trying to learn a handstand, but I've not been allowed to do it. I've only been able to do a headstand. So I'm doing lots of handstands against the wall. My dad, I mean, fortunately he doesn't watch things online, so he won't see this. But <laughs> he hasn't been in this room. The walls are covered in like foot marks where I've been walking up the walls and practicing my handstands. Okay, so. well, we, we want you to do that by that back wall behind the door before we finish this interview then. That's <laughs> going to be our closing feature. Uh, but uh, uh, it, 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 there is the serious side of this thing. You've got to keep in shape uh, to make sure you're ready for when things come out of lockdown. It's going to take probably just a little while to get into back into the swing of things. But, you know, it'd be great to have this sort of entertainment back. And the fact you're sharing some bits and pieces online actually is keeping people amused. Yeah, I do think it's like, I do think there's also another side to it as well that I think about quite a lot. Um, like me and my girl gang, we we chat, but we all live quite apart. So we're very used to chatting to each other anyway. So we, we're all right. But um, we're constantly reminding ourselves that we don't have to be productive in this time. Like we're all dealing with this sort of like a uh, huge um, shared trauma mm-hmm. of like the old lives. And um, I th- I'm aware of like putting stuff online, you can, it can cause pressure for other people. Like, oh, am I doing enough? Am I being productive enough? I mean, you're doing great. Like you're still able to produce this and get all this out. And that's amazing. Cause that's entertaining for people. But there's also the other side of like, you don't have to do anything. If all you do through the whole of this quarantine is nothing you just watch a bit of tv or you read a book you don't need to produce anything or or train anything like that's fine but if you want to even better Mm. or you could actually play meerkat bingo and see uh, if you can (laughs) think of any particular pose or look that isn't going to turn up on your timeline and see whether you can hit one of those that'd be good Exactly. I want to see meerkat handstands. I don't know what that looks like, but I want to no. see it. Okay, that's that's possibly a thing. Right, before you do do a handstand against that wall, remember, uh, what we'll do is, uh, I mean, you've got uh, a load of great work online. Uh, people can follow you uh, on Twitter and be amused, also Instagram. What are all the details, please? I am very, I'm very consistent. I am at Aaron Twitchin across all platforms. Uh, so I'm Aaron double A, and then I'm Twitchin like kitchen, just with a T-W. Which is good because at the moment we're all stuck in our kitchens. I, I, yeah, I'm glad, and I'm glad you've got a rhyme for it as well. That's convincing. <laughs> okay, Erin, um, you've got to now go and do me a handstand. Well, I'm, I can't do a proper go, handstand. Do, go and try, try something. You, I'll try and give you a headstand. Okay. I'm not, I'm not consistent. Okay, let's see what happens. This could be quite okay. dangerous. Don't hit the mirror. There That's we go. Too bad. <laughs> Aaron, thank you for joining us, and we look forward to seeing more of your online content soon. Yeah, yours too as well. Thanks for um, keeping doing everything that you're doing. Arturo Echeverra is a self-taught makeup artist doing some fantastic little tutorials online showing his skills. And he joins me now for a bit of a chat. Hello, sir. 
Hello, how are you today? I'm very well. I trust that you've been enjoying your time effectively in lockdown, but also uh, getting to show off some of your makeup techniques. Yes, like, I think it all started just in this lockdown when I become to be more creative because we don't have anything to do. Mm -hmm. And then I just started to post it on my personal Facebook. And then now it's becoming a little bit bigger and bigger every time. So uh, what is your usual role in life? Because you're over here in the UK and uh, you, you started life in Mexico. Yes, I'm originally from Mexico. Um, got married and then I'm working in a marketing and advertising company. Nothing to do with makeup. Uh-huh. But now in this lockdown, I just become like a really self-taught makeup artist. Well, your artwork is absolutely fantastic and uh, you're using uh, you. the face and body as, uh, as a canvas. And uh, you know, with, with what you're doing there, I mean, the quality is TV and film quality. And uh, you know, we've recently seen you uh, turning yourself into a character from Aladdin. Yes, actually, that was yesterday, the genie. And I think that was one of the toughest ones I've, I've ever done so far. Mm-hmm. But it, it had really, really good response from the public. And uh-huh. it's like a lot of likes. And, but yes, it's, it's been crazy lately. Absolutely. And uh, it, it's uh, very much a case of showing you know, your starting point as well. And uh, we've seen you, know, you doing things like the mask and, uh, and various other looks. And where is this coming from? Where are the ideas starting? Well, uh, I think... The mask, it only started when, when I was little and I, they always used to tell me that because of my facial expressions, I used to look like Jim Carrey yeah. of that pretending, but, and I, I always want to do that. But the other ones, um, it's only people, friends, family, and just followers that they've been telling me, oh, you should be doing the genie, or you should be doing Darth Maul from Star Wars. So it's all, all a mix of my imagination, comments from friends and family and followers. Well, I think you've probably found an additional career uh, once uh, you get back out there in the real world. And uh, uh, yeah, certainly with what we've seen so far, it is looking absolutely brilliant. And is, are there any things that you, you're maybe thinking of? Obviously, you're needing props to, to get through uh, some of this, as we saw with uh, Jeannie. Uh, there's, there's hair pieces to add. If you haven't got that around you at the moment, I suppose there'll be a bit of Amazon shopping coming in. But are there any ideas that you're picking bits up for at the minute? No, actually, uh, I'm not quite sure at the moment, but I'm pretty sure everything, uh, like, just day by day, every, every day is a new day in this lockdown. It, mm-hmm. Everything is so different and weird, but we're all in this together, so I believe, I think the ideas will mix, and mm-hmm. sometimes in, in the mornings, I, I don't know what even to dress up or to do the makeup and then just just clicks like that and then boom, okay, I'll do the genie. That's that's what Yeah. That was yesterday me. And before you know it, you've been completely transformed. And as you say, you're getting suggestions from uh, your followers. Uh, if people do want to see more of your work online, who are they looking for and how do we find you? RT Arturo is A R T Y A R T U R O R T Arturo and that will see all my makeup and creations. And so is that on which on, on Instagram, Facebook, and uh, also on TikTok? Uh, yes, 
on TikTok is my full name, but I'm gonna put the link on my Instagram because my full name is quite long. It's Arturo N. Echeverria so, on TikTok. So yes, I'll put everything for the people and the followers to go on the Instagram, and then if they want to follow me on TikTok, they can link it. Okay, check out Instagram. Arti Arturo, and you can see uh, some of the creations that you're putting together there. Well, I say it is uh, absolutely fantastic stuff. Um, it's been a pleasure. Thank you very much. Well, good to talk to you. Keep up the good work, and we look forward to seeing you transform yourself and your family into various other people as you stay at home during lockdown. Thank you very much. Have, have a good day. Susan Murray is putting smiles on people's faces normally across the UK. She's kind of doing that just with her Facebook profile pic at the moment. And she joins me now from River Nata. Hello. Hello. How are you doing? I'm all right. How are you? I'm <laughs> okay, thank you. So what's been going on in your world of late? I should think it's been a little quieter than normal. Ah, oh, well, uh, literally all of my work just vanished mm. in a proper lockdown over the space of 48 hours. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, it's, it's the same for every, every comic, every musician, every DJ, anyone that works in entertainment, any, every actor, that's fine. Um, all of our workers just suddenly evaporated because you, you know we 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 rely on having actual bodies in a room. Yeah. I don't mean dead ones. I mean live ones. You yeah, know. Yeah, absolutely. That's the way that an audience is always better if it can applaud at the end of the set, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Rather than just decomposing, that wouldn't be good. That's never a good look for an audience. But I mean, uh, it, it, it's it's time, I suppose, for people to normally be thinking about writing their Edinburgh stuff, uh, or at least honing what they have already. And I mean, you've already honed the, the, the work that you've been putting out there with the "How Not to Die in a Plane Crash," but. There aren't any planes in the air at the moment as well, so your current obsession is going to be suffering from every angle. My current obsession is constantly looking at flight radar and looking at it and going, hang on, there's still flights going from Europe to America? But I've made friends with an air crash investigator, this is true. Right. And um, I asked him and he said it's, um, it's, it's mainly freight. Uh -huh. But it gives you something to watch late at night as you watch these little dots moving across a map. Yeah, and actually, he did. Um, he did text me one night and go, "Oh, there's been an emergency declared on a flight over Singapore." So I flew in the flight number, and you could see it doing an, an emergency landing and like you know going down the runway and turning, and then you can all you can see the because I've paid for my flight radar, obviously. Yeah. And you can see the emer you can see the emergency vehicles. I think oh, it'd be great if you could just see that there was like a little animation of some flames it burst into flames. But actually, it was fine, and it turned out just to be a naughty passenger, which is a bit of a disappointment, but never mind. Oh, dear. <laughs> a, um, I mean, they, well, the world is going on around us in a slightly different way. I mean, what, what are the take of you got on that at the moment? Because uh, um, most of your time, I assume you sat down with a, with a cup of tea and uh, enjoying uh, a bit of relaxation at the minute. I've got to be honest, right? Stand-up comedians, we've been practising for lockdown for literally decades <laughs> because we were on our own all day. Do you know what I mean? And you, we're just pottering around the house. Do you know what I mean? Occasionally you might meet up with other comedians, all that kind of thing, but not very often. So, we, you know, we're so used to sort of spending time on our own. We're actually really, really good at it. <laughs> and I think everyone's, everyone's really missing, you know. I'm actually, I've got to be honest, I'm missing being in a traffic jam on the M6, which I never thought I'd say. <laughs> I never thought I'd say that. But you know, the kindred spirits that you see in the car next to you all tapping along the steering wheel to the same song on the wireless. That's that's. I'm, yeah. all, I'm always I'm always playing the uh, the djembe and mine. I'm always drumming on my on my, <laughs> on my. Don't tell the highways agency. No. But um, 
Yeah, and it's it's just uh, I think everything feels a bit like, you know, do you remember like Sundays and bank holidays in the mid eighties in the Midlands, and everything was really boring and really quiet, and everything was shut, and there was nowhere to go, and there was nothing to do. That's what every day is like, isn't it? <laughs> so I, I'm now looking forward to my once a week going out and getting some shopping in and uh, actually seeing other people in a supermarket, but obviously keeping my distance, because you never know. Well, I mean, I've got to go to the post office in a minute, and I'm like, I'm so excited. It's like the highlight of my day, it really <laughs> is. I went shopping, I, I decided to avoid the uh, the Easter rush for the shopping, um, and um, um, so, yeah, I'm just like, I'm going out once a day, I'm going out for a run in a minute, which is why I'm dressed like a lunatic, <laughs> um, and I'm sort of... I'm going out every other day for a run, and that's like that's a proper highlight. But it's, there's people playing football in the park, and you know you you're on a path, and nobody swerves, and it's like it's like social distancing doesn't exist outside. It really, it just I go out and I come back. You know, it's meant Stressed. to be sort of like stress relieving going yeah. for a run, but I come out and I'm like fuming because people aren't. So I'm I'm swerving around people, and no one's giving given the slightest toss, it's really, really irritating. Yeah, it's not helpful. Uh, but I mean, you, I mean, you're effectively very socially distanced from your family just at the moment, because you're down in London, they're obviously all still up in the Midlands. Uh, but I know you've been training your mother on uh, various bits of uh, technology to keep in touch during this time. Well, we tried to have a video call. And it took about seven days of prep. Mm -hmm. And then... I hadn't realised that their their Wi-Fi is so like it's OAP Wi-Fi, so it's <laughs> it's basically it's basically dial-up. So it was ba it was like trying to video call a fax machine. I was just getting like six different stills <laughs> and the occasional like syllable. It was it was absolutely horrendous. And then um and then the other day <laughs> I put my mum on Facebook. Oh God, I had to sort out um, a new email address and I had to give her the email address and then I had to give her the password. And then I had to put her on, try and get, so we did a phone call and it took 25 minutes just to get her logged in because she, I was like, just open another tab and copy and paste the password. What's a tab? Oh God, <laughs> just write it down. Just write it down. On a, but I realised for old people, when you're talking about like tabs and right click, because my friend said, um, she said she said to him, "I'm right click," and she was actually typing the word "clicking." She was actually <laughs> <laughs> so it must be like a completely foreign language, like you know, if you pitched up on Mars and you only you only understood every fourth word or something. Yeah. So um, so she's 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 right. She's telling the email address and password to my dad. He's mishearing. He's <laughs> writing it down wrong. She can't log in. I can't work out what's going on. She's re oh, it was twenty-five minutes just and, to get logged in. And 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 now is she looking at cat videos? Is that really how it works now? No, because my mum is actually petrified of cats. <laughs> ah, like I've never known anyone as scared of cats as like literally. I've spent my entire entire life hearing every day and again, George, there's a cat. <laughs> my mum freaking out when she sees a cat, but um. No, but it means I've, I have to sort of like, because I'm quite swearing. She hates, she hates swearing. So I have to, um, you know, you can, everyone can see this apart from, there's a lot of that going on on my right. Facebook at the moment. Yeah, not, none of the videos, nothing from uh, any of your shows, uh, just purely um, the, 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 the safe for work stuff. So. Yeah, yeah, the safe stuff. But we've got a lot of family on there. She's got a lot of um, nieces and nephews on there, my older nieces and nephews. And, um, so it's quite a good way of her sort of keeping in touch because you kind of forget how isolated old people are because they don't, mm. I mean, you know, I, 
even if I've come off like a, a half hour phone call, I look at my phone and there's a WhatsApp, there's a text, there's a Facebook message, there's an email. Do you know what I mean? Like it's you're just constantly in communication. You've got Twitter, you're just constantly in communication with people. And you know, the older generation they really don't have that. All they've literally got is a phone mm -hmm. and Freeview. And you kind of forget that and you just go, God, you don't even have a smartphone, how do you exist? <laughs> yeah, my dad doesn't do the smartphone, but he is online pretty much the whole time. So he's he's, he's normally watching football. And I think he's, he's resorted to watching Russian football at the moment because there is nothing else to watch. <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. When my mum, she had a smartphone for about, she, she lasted about two months and then she gave up. She was literally going, because she can't use, she can't use um, uh, a touch screen. So she, she's virtually punching it going, I can't get this thing to taste. She's like, she's punching it in the face. <laughs> like, oh, God. She's Glaswegian. She doesn't know, you know, subtlety or gentleness. She's just not in her remit. Uh, so, I mean, in, in this time, are you now working on a show to succeed after um, How Not to Die in a Plane Crash? Yeah, I am. I'm updating it because there was a load of plane crashes that I didn't have time to get in the show because you've only got like 55 minutes, really. Um, obviously, all the safety tips will remain the same because they haven't changed, but there's a load of plane crashes that I did look at, like classics. You know, proper like Tenerife and MH370, and you know, there's a load of those. The kid in the cockpit when they, oh, the Russian guy, the air off that flight. So I'm looking at a load of that stuff. Um, I've got the uh, I've got the joy of having a friend who's an air crash investigator. Yeah. Do you know what the other day I said to, I said to him, oh, why don't why don't you set me a quiz? That'll be really fun. And I was thinking it would just be. I just think it was the question like, you know, what year was Tenerife, 1977, by the way. <laughs> and then what he sent me was, because um, um, the uh, American um, air crash investigation is called the NTSB, right? Mm -hmm. So he sent me an, an NTSB investigation animation of um, a, a runway incursion. Incursion is just like, you know, it's, it's speed, it just means it, there was a cock-up, basically. Yeah. And then he sent me the map of O'Hare... Um, O'Hare Airport in Chicago and said, okay, what happened on this runway? <laughs> so this is like, because he actually teaches air crash investigation. This was part of his course. And I couldn't, I couldn't figure it out right. And I said, oh, God, I'm just so thick. And then it turned out he'd sent me the map from the wrong year. <laughs> and they'd, renum <laughs> they'd renumbered the runway. So it's like, well, how am I meant to work it out if the map's wrong? <laughs> so we all learned something that day. But you're having a good time with it. You're working on that. Um, where can people go to to find all of your online stuff and uh, the things that we can enjoy whilst we can't see you in real life? Okay, so I'm on Facebook all the time. <laughs> um, <laughs> so that I've got a Facebook page and I've got a personal page. And um, it comes. Um, I always share the things I'm on because I'm getting booked to do gigs by other other clubs that I normally work at, places like Gag Club and the Comedia. Um, so a lot of these um, clubs, they're all starting to do either live streaming on Zoom yeah, or they're cobbling together old gigs that they've filmed previously or people are uh, recording themselves and, and sending it in. So they're cobbling that together and then streaming it as live. Um, uh, so that's I always retweet stuff that I'm doing and I always share stuff on Facebook. So it's just basically those two mainly. Okay, check all that out. Look for Susan Murray and uh, enjoy the content that's there and be ready for more. And I'm hoping that you bring Hen uh, Done a Plane Crash back to the Midlands fairly soon so uh, we can see the updates. Hope to, too. <laughs> Always good to talk to you. I will see you soon. Have a good weekend. Happy Easter, Jason. Take care, mate.
Neil Curtis is an artist working out of Vienna. He has some interesting takes on the world, and in particular, one series of work which looks at how people are defined by the clothes they wear and what happens when you take that away from them and cover them in body paint. So tell us more, Neil is with me now. Hello, sir. Hi. Well, good to speak to you, and uh, yeah, good to see some of your work online. I mean, with what you do, um, it's very much taking an everyday view of people and not using their body as a canvas, as we, we have seen in the past, but turning it into sort of the reverse of that. And through the concept of these 100 people you've, you're working with, um, it really does take away all of those trappings that say they are one thing, and makes everybody the same underneath. Yeah, well, the Replace Closest Paint project is a very big project. It consists of uh, 100 people uh, who uh, sacrifice their uh, vulnerability, uh, their, their body, their uh, uh, personality to the project. And the main idea of the project is that uh, we we are very stiff, we are very uh, concerned about what people think about us and we should just let go, you know. We are here on this planet, planet maybe for, uh, I don't know, 50 years or 80 years or something like that and we should enjoy it. We should not be scared of, for example, of our nudity. And I myself was raised up in a very stiff way, in a very conservative way and uh, at some point I had to reclaim back my freedom, my uh, power over my body and um, I, I started to enjoy uh, being naked and I do not want to promote, uh, pro uh, promote uh, nudity in general. I think that we should be more relaxed about nudity in a context of art or in a context of sports. I mean and if you look at art over the years and it's Nudity has been part of it, studying the human form and you know, producing a still life, uh, you know, the sort of things that we've seen you know, from cherubs through to uh, voluptuous ladies relaxing on sofas through uh, art for many, many centuries. It, it's not a sexualized thing, it's studying the human form in the same way as we might do any of the other creatures on this planet or even you know, a bowl of fruit or something else that is seen around us. So, you know, it is taking that human form and, and what you're doing is in no way sexualized at all, is it? I don't know. It's uh, it's in the brain of the people if it's sexualized or not. We do not do it in a sexual way. Uh, we do it in a way. Uh, uh, let me just go back in in the history of how the project actually started. Mm -hmm. So one thing was that I was in exhibitions, and when I make exhibitions, I sometimes make uh, a performance at the beginning, and the people say it looks so interesting to see how the body. Trans transforms, you know, because all the pictures in the uh, exhibition are pictures like the ones behind me. So there are people who are already painted completely. And what we realized was that, first of all, uh, showing someone during painting is a very three-dimensional way. It's a very sculptural way. And also the people liked how, how, how one person all of a sudden became a completely painted body. So the person is at first a surgeon or a professor or a mechanic and then the, the more we go on the more he strips off the social uh, the, the things the clothes that define him in in our social world and then transfers him into a world you could say the world of neil curtis my own art world or whatever uh, and in my world the people are not defined by the clothes they're not defined by the beard or the hair or whatever they are defined by themselves and uh, they are like a, 
Uh, some people said I'm like a, a fashion designer. Could mm -hmm. be. Yeah. I, I I would love to make a, a fashion brand that's only based on 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 a, a spray can, kind <laughs> of, or or a tin can. And uh, but what's important for me is that when you look at all these videos, uh, I said. I previously said it's 100 videos. It's not yet 100 videos. It's now 69 videos. Mm -hmm. And when you look at all these videos, you know, there's the point when the person leaves the the, the, the comfort zone, you know, and starts uh, uh, being naked and being painted. And the interesting thing is that once the body is completely painted, there is less of a sexuality there. It's uh, many people also said they felt. Uh, not naked in a way, mm -hmm. and and for me this is always very fascinating. Even even if I look at people when they look at the videos for uh, when 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 I have guests and then I talk about my project or whatever, and then they see okay, well now he strips off his clothes, he strips off his his uh, his, his uh, t-shirt and his trousers, and then at some point the underpants. And this is the most scary situation for many because this is now where they lost control you know mm -hmm. this is now where they are so scared about who's going to see it you know but that's that's part of nudity you know when you mm -hmm. go to a, a, a nude beach everyone is nude sees you you see see the people you know but when you're working with these people you so say you talked about the different backgrounds there and the way you've explored some of them is slightly different there are different ways of interpreting some of these people but you take somebody like uh, your sleeper so yeah, you've talked about jobs and, and things but you take somebody who uh, is actually effectively asleep they they take uh, a, a sleeping tablet this is part of their normal routine that is their role they start off with their teddy bear working on that one but when the sleeper is defined by something like you know bed hair Actually, you take that away from them as well, and and you shave uh, this fella's head and beard away to to take him down to completely the the, the base of who he is, and and that must yeah. be something that for the subjects you're working with, uh, it, it changes their life for a, a period of time, as in way art does for many people when they experience something. So you know, the, it, it is more than than just the the hour or so, two hours that they're working with you. It is actually something that that will stay with them. And, and how do you think that has uh, you know, felt to them when they, they feed back to you? Yeah. Well, may I may I say something about the sleeper first? Uh... The whole project, uh, Replace Closest Paint, is the project that is going to have 100 uh, videos. And when you look at the, the, the videos, you can see all the little uh, stamps, stamp version, uh, on my website, neilcurtis.com. And when you look at the videos, you see that there's some kind of variation of diff different people. Some people are older, some people are younger. Yeah, they, they are surgeons, for example, so they are very respected people, and that the surgeon is actually a real person. And I want to have a variation, but I also want to have uh, some kind of, of imagination layer on, on this project. And so, for example, there is one uh, video which is called The Pizza Boy. And mm -hmm. um, the pizza boy is actually knocking on my door, and then he gets inside and delivers me a pizza. And, I, I, I tell him, I give him 100 euro, and if he wants to participate in a cool project. And uh, he sits on the chair, and, and I take the control over. So I, I uh, strip him naked, paint him black, and then at some point he uh, uh, sits up and walks out. And the, uh, we ask, uh, I ask myself, how can I make this even more uh, 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 a 
situation of of no control, you know, because life is this is how life is, you know. Sometimes you do not have a control. Mm-hmm. And I, I I have a friend who's uh, uh, he's uh, he went to a, a party once and he got uh, d- d- drugs uh, in in his drinks. Mm-hmm. And so-called knockout pills, and uh, he fell asleep, and then he woke up in the morning, and he had no clue about what happened, what was happening. And I, I did some investigation about how does it knockout pill work, and so on. And then I realized this is actually uh, an idea I could do. So I paint you; you are asleep while you're sleeping, and and in uh, in order to be sure you're really sleeping, you're taking this knockout pills. Mm-hmm. And uh, he, the model was uh, allowed me to do that. It was an experiment for him. Mm-hmm. And I said to him, oh, what, uh, what is the limit, you know? And he said, I trust you. But uh, I have to admit that uh, the session is a, is a psychological session. So uh, I, I have to admit he was not uh, unconscious. Yeah. So the, the session itself was faked. Because uh, for legal reasons, you know, I could have, he, could, he would have allowed it to me, you know, but uh, I, I, I would not be sure that he, everything would, would, would work out and or he might have, uh, I don't know, he might sit down on the floor or whatever. Mm-hmm. But what you see in the session, we did a lot of research. I even interviewed a few people who got, uh, uh, who, who got knocked out. You know? mm-hmm. So the session is very realistic and I wanted to push the limits even further because for me in this project, it's very important to keep on pushing the limits, you know. This is why I also decided to do a very political statement uh, with the guy from New York, the the, the last video I, I, I published. Mm-hmm. And it's a video where I, I, I uh, broke a rule, because my rule is that there is no audio in the videos. And um, I broke the rules because uh, I have many friends in New York, and this guy represents one of my friends. And the, there's a layer of a collage of, of words that Trump said, and it's so absurd, you know. So I wanted to, uh, yeah, use that as well. Now, all of these uh, videos themselves are to be presented in uh, a sort of portrait view. Now, this is a view that we're often used to seeing on our telephones these days, but uh, most art and most of what we see is in landscape format. So again, this is something which uh, is a way of delivering uh, this piece of, of effectively performance art that is, is different to what we would necessarily normally anticipate. First of all, the project uh, started about eight years ago and uh, I was uh, at the Gatti Museum in uh, Los Angeles mm-hmm. and I walked around and I saw many, many pictures and I liked them, but they were a little bit boring. So I asked myself, oh God, I would love to have an exhibition in the Gatti Museum, mm-hmm. but I would do it completely different. Yeah. So the first idea was that uh, pictures are not just static. The pictures have some kind of story detail or they are, um, they, they are alive, you could say. And when I returned home from that trip, at some point I asked a friend and I said, sit down on the chair and I'm going to try something out with you. And he was sitting on the chair like I do here right now. And uh, I replaced his clothes with pen. It was more like an experiment. It was not like, oh, we're now doing a big project, blah, blah. It was an experiment, a tryout. And for me, it was very important to ask myself, how, how do I want to present these, these videos? And the idea was to present them in such an exhibition like in the Getty Museum. 
And uh, so I turned the camera around and noticed it was eight years ago. So that was time before Instagram. I yeah. just did it because I wanted to, you know. Mm -hmm. yeah. and, and I turned it around and it makes a lot more sense to film someone in, in a vertical uh, a version because then you can see everything. You don't only see the face mm -hmm. and lots of space around the face. You see the face and the rest of it. And I, I made this video in, the, in this format, and I said that I want to keep doing this. And many people said, ah, but you cannot show it anywhere. And I said, yes, I can show it, you know, because at the end, there will be some kind of big film, you know, and you can see like three videos at the same time. Mm -hmm. So the, the format actually makes sense when you go into editing and into further steps. There will also be a book, or actually four books, uh, about the project. So the book is also not widescreen; it's it's tall screen. So this format mm -hmm. makes sense a lot, you know. Yep. And that's why I choose it. Well, your work is available online. This and other projects. Where again can people go to to find more about everything you do? Oh, my website is uh, neilcurtis.com, and on the website you can find uh, all the links to the to the project. Replace Curtis Paint. I also make exhibitions, uh, unfortunately, as you can imagine, not in, in time of COVID-19, but uh, there, is a, there is that Replace Goes Paint project, and there are also other uh, pictures that I just show in the body. Uh, you can head over to Instagram as well, Neil Curtis is the Instagram. You can find all the links on the website, neilcurtis.com. There's also Twitter. Uh, because uh, when I when I publish new new work or when I'm releasing a new uh, replace clothes paint video, I'm, I'm publishing it there. Well, Neil, great to talk to you. Thank you for sharing your art, and we look forward to seeing more from you in the near future as you head towards 100 in this particular project. Yes, and maybe you are the number 100. Maybe, maybe not. But either way, Neil, thank you. <laughs> See you. Bye. Max Fox is normally seen on stage in a red jacket singing some fantastic songs. However, a bit of a hiatus from that at the moment means we find him in his natural environment at home in a jumper. Hello, sir. Hello, how's it going? You okay? I'm good. You all right? I'm all right, thank you. Getting on with uh, the current lockdown, but scaling the walls. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah, because I should think it's uh, causing you a few problems. But I mean, it hasn't stopped you guys singing because uh, the Jerseys have been doing their bit in some of the uh, the lockdown music rooms over the last week or two and sounding fantastic, may I say. Oh, thank you very much. Yeah, we, uh, we managed to get on lockdown live, which had, I think it has... 300,000 followers or something it was absolutely crazy so, <laughs> so that was a that was a cool platform yeah because normally um not only uh, would you do your winter season which you managed to get in i managed to miss you in two venues by literally days uh, <laughs> but uh, you're also uh, doing uh, your bit up in blackpool as well because uh, you've got a fantastic show that you run each year up there as part of their summer season that's right yeah so um we well to give you a little bit of background, I started off in, in, in the jerseys. We, we got together seven years ago. Mm -hmm. um, and, and since we've done the jerseys, we've done kind of numerous theatre tours. We sang for the Queen, which mm -hmm. was amazing. Um, and then we've set up a big company called International Shows, um, which has lots of different shows um, underneath it. And um, lots of shows. Are, we have a residency in Blackpool for the, for the jerseys, for our other show, The Greatest Show. Mm -hmm. uh, and then we've got some other things in the pipeline as well for, for this year, which we're having to kind of defer a little bit because of the current crisis. 
Yeah, so a few things on hold, but it doesn't mean the music stops. And uh, as I say, you're doing things online. And I suppose it gives you a chance to get together on you know, Zoom meetings and whatever else uh, with the rest of the lads and your MD and uh, really put together something that's going to be amazing for when you come back. Oh, yeah, exactly. As soon as we can get out of isolation and uh, kind of get back to work, we'll be straight in the studio again, recording new songs, um, creating new choreography and, and, and growing from there. Uh, but at the moment, everything is kind of on hold. We're doing what we can in terms of promotion online, um, which is quite important on, on, on a social platform to keep mm -hmm. our audience kind of enticed and wanting to, to kind of join in. But, but yeah, it is tough at the moment, it, you know, but it's tough for everybody. It's not just tough for us. Mm -hmm. uh, and we're just all getting by as a community, aren't we? Absolutely. Now, I mean, uh, I, I have seen you on stage. Uh, you played uh, in Birmingham. I, I'm trying to remember which theatre it was, but uh, it was a couple of years ago when I last chance to have see you on uh, see you. On I think tour. it'll be the, the Crescent Theatre. I think it was. And I mean, that is a fantastic yeah. venue. And uh, with the whole show that you put on there, it really brought a bit of that seaside fun into the winter months. And, uh, and what was it like to around in the in the winter just gone because I, I know you were pretty much everywhere I've seen you on bus stops all over the place <laughs> yeah we're, we're, we're absolutely um, everywhere we did like a really a uh, really big marketing platform over the past couple of years to try and push push the brand out push the name and and the theatre tours have done have done quite well we're seeing um, kind of a, a growing trend uh, and people are coming in to watch our show it's getting good reviews it's getting um, good feedback in the press as well so so yeah, we're really looking forward to seeing kind of what the future holds for sure. And so with the, the greatest show that you do up there in, in Blackpool, I mean, many people from the Midlands heading up there, we've got, uh, you know, guest houses run by Midlanders all over the place. So, you know, it's like a home from home when we do and go and visit, just we get the seaside. So, uh, you know, what is it uh, that you've got uh, as part of that one? I'm, I'm taking, it, there could be a few hits from a, a massive film from a couple of years ago. <laughs> exactly, it was uh, from a, it, I got the idea, it was back in November 2018, mm -hmm. November 2018, and um, I was speaking to, to our manager uh, called Ronnie, um, and I was kind of thinking outside the box and thinking what's going on, and there isn't many family shows that, that kind of go around the block. You've got Paw Patrol, mm -hmm. you've got Disney on Ice, but you haven't got kind of a family-friendly variety show. Uh, which gave me the idea of creating The Greatest Show, um, as we'd call it. So it's music from um, The Greatest Showman. We've got music from Disney. Uh, and, and that was pretty tough. I had to call up um, California um, and have a conference call with Disney. That was crazy. <laughs> um, about, about using licenses and getting rights. And I think, um, I believe that we are the only company in the UK to be able to use Disney as part of our show outside of Disney. So, so that's um, that's really cool to do a theatre show with Disney songs. Yeah, but it does just mean that they know the quality of the product that you're going to produce as well. And as I say, I've seen that when I've seen you on tour, and it'd be great to see uh, the return not only to your usual venue in Blackpool, which I intend to come and see you at sometime over the the summer when we can, and we'll do a video uh, interview in person there, which would be absolutely fantastic. But uh, you know, it's it it's, uh, will be well worth seeing you, whether it's uh, yeah, this coming Christmas, probably just before at the Crescent in Brum. Yeah, that that that'd be amazing. So we have had to postpone our date at the Crescent in 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 Birmingham um, because of what's what's going on. But yeah. we have uh, received a phone call from them, and they're looking into programming it later on this year. So it should be at the the latter half of the year, and yeah. um, that we'll be back in Birmingham, and then 
with the Jersey Show. We are on Sundays at Blackpool Pleasure Beach uh, with a live band as well, um, which we haven't done before. So this year it's all with a live band. Um, and then we've got the greatest show as well on the Tuesday and Wednesday at the Pleasure Beach also. And so that's all as soon as everything is back to normal, or as near normal as we can get. Uh, but we can still find uh, some of your work online. Where do we go to, to to see some of the video clips and things you've got on in uh, in the current format? Yeah, so um, we're currently um, really targeting heavily on our jerseys page. So if you type in um, the jerseys or the jerseys UK, all in one word, it will... Uh, come up with our page. We're doing some live videos. We've got another one we're releasing today um, with the original members of the jerseys when, when we started seven years ago. So we're mm -hmm. doing a little live video um, this evening at six o'clock. We're going to be releasing that. Okay, so check all that out online and enjoy some of the musical madness and, uh, and fun that you guys will have bringing some superbly sung songs to a screen near you. Max Ford, always good catching up with you. Look forward to seeing you in real life soon. But for now, stay safe and enjoy the music. Thank you, you two. Thanks for having me today. Well, that's your lot for this week. Thank you so much for joining us back next week. We'll have even more for you on episode 565. I'll see you then. Ta-ra for now. Goodbye from the mill bar. Goodbye from the mill bar. Goodbye from the mill bar. Goodbye from the milk bar, yeah. Goodbye from the milk bar, yeah.